goes in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. That's a bit of a warning for me tonight. I'm fucking naked. Oh, why? What have you been doing? Who you been doing? Bouncing around, wake around, wow. No, I'm just fucking old and lazy. Oh, well, that's not sexy. Make something up. Rock and roll, man. Woo! Sorry, I was at a sex concert with lots of dicks. Oh, my God. That's more like it. Oh, my Lord. Actually, oh, my God. One of our favorite listen- <laughs> listeners, the costume creator. Oh, my God. She swears she was just looking at, you know, prop and dressmaking oh, yeah. videos. Yes. And just happened to find the prop mechanized Tommy Lee penis <laughs> from the Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson movie. Yes. The Showtime movie. Yes. Not not the illicit porn <laughs> film. <laughs> well, from column A, a little bit from column A. I was looking at it on the bus and I just I, I <laughs> That's how you get your own seat. I sat there just, I think just for about 10 minutes afterwards, just staring out the window, just contemplating the universe. There's no, it's it's nowhere to go after that other than contemplate the universe. So describe exactly what you're seeing in this video. Oh my, well, it's like a weaponized cock that's just out to put as many ladies' eyes out as possible. It's essentially a, a, a mechatronic dick that talks. It's like, it's like if the Terminator was just a dick. And it was trying to kill Sarah Connor by just by taking her eyes out. (laughs) To the left, to the right, to the left, to the right. Ninja, ninja, fight, block, carry on. It would have been a very interesting day in the Jim Henson workshop. (laughs) Oh my god, I feel like we legit need like Jackie Chan, you know, to do that thing like he does with the tree with his hands where it's like fung, 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 fung. Yes. So I contemplated the universe. It's, It's called Kung Fu. Oh, you mean cock-foo. Hey. Hey, hey. <coughs> Oh, my Lord. You're a practicing drunken master. <laughs> oh, my God. So why am I on the bus? Oh, my Lord. Because you know what? I feel like I am currently living the beginning of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, the movie. Okay. I haven't seen it. What? I haven't seen it. <gasps> What? I know. It was always there in the, the video store as a kid. I they just, were out there. They were. Oh, my Lord. Okay, I have the DVD. That's how committed okay. I am. I'm bringing it around. Are you sure it's not just on YouTube? I could probably watch it now. Oh, well, fine. Be that way. Oh, my Lord. But it's not the same as you know getting to, like, crack, crack open the case. Yeah, that VCR case that's all fucking crinkly. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my lord so i feel like i'm at the beginning i'm in a shitty job where i'm underappreciated i don't want to work there anymore but i'm poor as shit yeah and literally the hood off my car has just flown off because that's essentially what happened to me i came out from a three-day drinking weekend to celebrate eurovision to find out my car would only reverse and not drive forward now, have you driven it in the intervening days and it's the result of hitting a tree or what? No, that? no. Apparently, it just, it literally was one of those movie scenes where I was driving to the Eurovision party and it was just like, fuck you. Oh. 
And then, oh my God, so then I'm sitting there just in the middle of the road, okay, and I've got my hazards on. Some fucker in a four-wheel drive pulls in behind me and honk. <sighs> He's lucky he didn't get a shankin, all right? Because that's a shankin. It's a shankin from the skankin. Oh my God. He had the common sense to just like drive around me. Yeah. And then I had to put my car into reverse. And then I went back out at 3 a.m. to be like, try to figure out the logistics of like reversing my car. Because it only had reverse. Only It was only going in reverse. It would not go forward. Yeah. The problem was I was literally on the other side of town from my home, like the oh, main. what? And I was trying to like negotiate like how that would work if I had to like stop at the lights, like how that worked. You tried to drive home backwards. No, I f- tried to like figure out the logistics. Yeah. Your honour. Yeah. <laughs> But, oh, my God, so then I'm up 8.30 after a three-day drinking weekend because I'm just stressed about it, out at 8.30 in the morning because I'm in a two-hour parking session. Parking zone. Parking zone that yeah. ends at 11. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I don't want to get fined. So I'm up at 8.30 on my way, still drunk as fuck, <laughs> to the auto shop going, transmission fluid, give it to me now. Because <laughs> I Googled. That's what they suggested it was. yeah. yeah. So I bought transmission fluid and an oat plant-based chocolate milk, which is one of the worst decisions I've ever made in my life. I would have poured that shit into your car and drank the trans fluid. (laughs) Not because it was oat-flavoured chocolate milk, which I normally enjoy. Just after a three-day drinking weekend is not (coughs) the drink of choice. No, because oat milk is fucking terrible. It's not. It really is. This one's really good. No, oat milk, almond milk are both... Absolute pass. No, I'm, ri- I'm fine with soy. Oh yeah, soy's good. But those other ones are fucking pass. Rice milk is the worst. Oh yeah, that's just sadness in a. That is sadness. <laughs> like that, like IKEA hot dogs are made from whatever the fuck they like. They drill out the holes. Assholes. Yeah, yeah. So they drill out the holes of their bookshelves, and whatever falls on the ground becomes their hot dogs. Yeah. That's the equivalent of rice milk. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lot more sadness. Yeah, well, rice yeah. milk is that white shit you wash off the rice. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Just pure starch. With yuck. your tears. Yeah. Yeah. No. So 100%. But yeah. So uh, I tried that. Didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Had to get it towed to a mechanic. Having to get a transmission shipped in from another state. Yeah. Because my car is a beast. Not old. Vintage. It's 1994. Vintage. Not, your car was around for grunge. It's not vintage. It's vintage. All right. It is like a fine. Okay. Yes. Yeah, like Kurt Cobain hasn't aged yeah. well. <laughs> it blew its lid. <laughs> but a pump. And you're Courtney loving it backwards down the road. <laughs> I'm going to get every bloody mile out of this <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, she is currently sitting in the mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what can you do? Well, take the bus. See, if you had watched Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, you'd be like, oh, yeah, you're in the really shit part of the film. Oh. Yeah. Oh. As much as I do love Cassandra Peterson, was mm-hmm. there a good part of the film? Oh, yeah, no, I'm saying like of her, you know, theoretical life in the oh. film. You know, you've got to get your, uh, this is where I am, everything shitty. Oh, is it like the story of how she became Elvira? Kind of like the Max Headroom movie. No, not at all. Okay. It, well, it's kind of, it's like, it's Elvira being Elvira, but it's not her life story, unless her life story involves her finding out that she has an inheritance, 
after she was put in an orphanage to find out that she had a great aunt who was a super witch. Yeah. Um, and a Rottweiler is her secret guardian. And she made all of her neighbours have sex with each other at a country women's association. So unless that is, and I'm not saying that isn't the real life story of how Cassandra Peterson became Elvira, but it was not what I was expecting. Sounds like you're 21st. <laughs> it's actually, it's a great, it's a great little film because Elvira, come on, she's fantastic. We started this podcast talking about mechanical dicks. Yeah. We've done pretty well so far. <laughs> Those mechanical titties. All organic. This is, the other thing I, this is the other thing I need to know because the costume yeah. creator yes. who sent you that video, yes. who we know, fantastic seamstress or what, what's the correct terminology? So she, she literally makes... Creator. Well, she makes she makes everything. Bags, yeah. hats, clothing, some of the outfits. Did all, <gasps> did all the outfits for Amazing. Queen Kong. Yeah. For the, Australi- Kong, yeah. Queen, for the Australian season of uh, Drag Race. Yeah. i got to wonder, was she like looking into some kind of secret... Advantage dick tucking technology <laughs> to like throw the others off yeah. like the runway that would do it. That would do it. I think you haven't. Yeah, you've seen the video. Some kind of like it's like the reverse version of Travis Bickle's arm gun in <laughs> Taxi Driver. Is that what she's researching? I was going to say it also would explain again for those who have seen Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, when she makes dinner and that thing pops out of the uh, uh, the casserole dish. <sighs> Goes for a titties. It's kind of like that. Actually, Hon- exactly like that. Honestly, time machine. Yeah, oh. Everyone's like, oh, I'd go kill Hitler. Yeah. Nah. I was, he, he's going to die in my timeline anyway, so I'll yeah. kill, I can kill him at any point. Yeah. Because time has become irrelevant. I've got a time machine. Yeah. I'm spending so much fucking time going and working on 80s horror films, like oh. the ghoulies and yeah. things like that, just yeah. so I can see like bad puppets and- just have so much fun and do so much good old-fashioned 80s coke. Oh, a life worth lived. <clears throat> oh, my God. And then oh. when you're like 104, yeah, because you've been to like the future where they've got decent medical care, yeah, then you go back in time and kill Hitler. <laughs> so suddenly see people just go, you know, it's not much names out there. You pop up and bam, and the old fucking dude in his hundreds shoots Hitler. And everyone's like, what the fuck was that about? Oh, my God. I love it. See, oh, now that you've put it out there, I want to go back into the 70s and 80s yeah. and do practical effects with Tom Savini. Oh, yeah. Yes. That'd be so good. He's still doing it now. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Sex Machine is still at it. Don't you worry. <laughs> I love him. I, yeah, I love him he's so incredible. much. Yeah. yeah. I'd still have a roll around the prosthetic hay with him. Would he, though? <laughs> what are you implying, sir? <laughs> he might have made that mechanical dick. You don't know. <laughs> he doesn't need me get, anymore. Get him to fix your car. <laughs> Put that mechanical dick in front of it like a claw hand and it just it's pulls not, your car forward. It's not the fan belt that's gone. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the snatch strap. Everything is dick, 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 dick with you. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing. You normally bring around a fairly heroic amount of alcohol. Yeah. You came around here with these four tiny little vodka seltzers. And the first thing I said was, do you want me to go get you more booze? You know, and look, I'm yep. someone in recovery. There's no judgment. I'm 10 years sober. But I just looked at that and I'm just like, what a fucking pussy effort. <laughs> I was trying to be a nice, polite guest in your house, motherfucker. Yeah, well, number one, don't bring alcohol to someone in recovery. Um, <laughs> no, just because you, I'm not, you don't ruin the party for everyone. Yeah, right. That's true. But the funny thing is, I, I said to you, "Do you want me to go get some more?" And then just before we start, like I press the fucking record button, you're like, "Should have got more alcohol." Well, it's because I'm a piss 
said, all right, but I'm also <laughs> polite. Whenever I say, do you want more alcohol? No. <laughs> Clearly that means yes. You put this on me. You should know that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, no. Dad. No. How does that not mean yes? Sorry, Dad. If if I go get you more alcohol, will you not hit Mum? Oh my God. You know who? You know Thank who would have God for the salvos. You know who would have understood Pedro Thank Pascal. God they care. Pedro yeah, Pascal. Yeah, I know. Everyone loves Pedro Pascal. Bloody Zaddy would have known what I wanted. Yeah. God. But okay. Sadly. We're not talking about Pedro Pascal this week. No. Although I'm happy to have a Pedro Pascal conversation. I love him. At any night or day. Yeah, he made Narcos. Oh, you know what? I still haven't seen Narcos. Brilliant. you got to watch it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, now that I know that he's in it, yes. Oh, in some very tight 80s jeans. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Oh. I'll get you a mop. And that's how I ruined my transmission. <laughs> That's where all the fluid went. <laughs> it's got sucked back up. <laughs> oh, my Lord. But no, sadly, we are not talking about Zaddy. We're talking about the, the opposite of Zaddy this week. Oh. So weird that we were talking about dickheads earlier. Yeah. Because that totally brings us to the topic of this week. Dickheads? <laughs> Total dickheads. Yes. Oh, my Lord. Now, we want to make a disclaimer before people crash through our window and we get shot in the head or put in prison. Okay. Now, is this the important clarification for our American listeners that being called a dickhead mm. in Australia is far worse than being called a cunt? Yeah. Okay. Well, depending on your mode and how many drinks you've had, uh, and then it does interchange. Yeah, it's like the Spanish. There's lots of fucking little nuances. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be there. It dep- you need yeah. to hear the person saying it to be like, oh, no, that's a positive cunt. Yeah. Yeah, as opposed to a, oh. Hey. Yeah. Now, look, not everyone in this agency is necessarily a dickhead. Oh, we're about to defame someone. All right. There are, there are great people in this agency who do great things. You know, I'm sure. Unfortunately, we can end up on a fucking list. In 2012, oh god, the United States Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives, <laughs> or the ATF, yeah, decided it was going to fight crime undercover. In one of the most useless, underplanned and under-researched operations in ATF history, yeah. Well, that week, there would be a break-in, mm-hmm. two robberies, yeah, copyright infringement, oh God, increased sales of handguns, oh fucking hell, a blocked toilet, assault rifles put onto the streets, and a mentally disabled man with an IQ of fifty-four facing a federal sentence. Oh, fucking hell. It's like, like you've got an AI chatbot to spit out fucking <laughs> random... <coughs> Create this artwork. Yeah. Ah. Fucking hell. It's like one of Google Deep Dreams early efforts where everything was dog tits. All in this week's episode of Operation Fearless. Oh, who named that? Or Operation Backfire. Yeah. <laughs> Operation Liz's fucking Celica. Or, hey, look, normally Toyotas are a brilliant car. Toyotas will go forever and you... Yeah, I know. Hush, please sponsor us, Toyota. Or, ATF is DTF. It up. <laughs> David 
Salkin used to own and run his own sign business from the building he also owned. The business closed and David decided to become a landlord and rent his former business space. Oh, there's his first fucking crime. Uh, his second crime. He advertised his building on East Menick Avenue for rent on Craigslist. Ah, quality. David received two applications. Really? Two people still use Craigslist? Yes. Like, oh, this is 2012. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Talk about being between the devil and a handcart. These were his two options. One was from a church. Oh, hello. The other was for a private business called Fearless Distribution, who wanted to open a storefront. Okay. A little bit of an over, just for like a shirt, the business is going to be selling t-shirts. Yeah. Fearless, just as soon as I hear that, Mm. I imagine someone who had their car renovated on that West Coast Customs show (laughs) with the spinners and the fucking 18-inch flat screen TV in the boot. Oh, my Lord. All I think is someone who hasn't had sex with a real woman. Yeah, and they sell vapes. Consensually. Uh, (laughs) Fearless said that they would, however, rent all 8,000 square feet of the building. It's pretty big. Mm. Unlike the church, you didn't want all of it. And they would pay the monthly rent of $3,200 in cash. Oh, right. (laughs) Guess who he chose? Yeah. <laughs> you chose poorly. <laughs> A landlord motivated by greed. What? Well, I'll be jiggered. <laughs> the rent was signed using a fake name and a fake home address. The landlord didn't know this at the time, but what he did notice was that the business Fearless Distribution was not registered as a business with the state. Oh, apparently they fear bureaucracy. The landlord did ask about this and was told that this was a mere oversight as the business was new and that they would get to registering the business, which they never did. Funny that. Which is always a really promising sign when they've got all the merchandise like made up and they've signed a business deal yeah. and they've got all the storefront. Oh, we haven't actually registered an account or opened any bank accounts or anything. Nothing to worry. Nothing suspicious here. No. I won't check up on you in case I need to follow you up as a creditor. <laughs> no. Yeah, this is totally above board, I can tell. <laughs> oh. The landlord handed over the keys and a group of men wearing Brew City Hustle t-shirts started moving things in. Brew City Hustle? Mm-hmm. As in brew as in beer? B-R-E-W, yes. Right. I'm Googling that while you talk. I need to see what these shirts look like. They carved out part of the space to set up a showroom, which stocked everything from suspicious designer jeans... <laughs> Shirts, coats, purses, and shoes, including suspicious sneakers. <laughs> the landlord felt that these looked counterfeit. They also sold jewellery, bongs, and jars of urine for people to pass a drug test or people who just had an interest in that sort of thing. Right. Mm. Urine. How do you write that up on your tax receipt? Disappearing ink. <laughs> it's like, oh, I had a very strong asparagus meal. Claim. 
so it's all the urine. As well as boxed DVD sets of TV shows such as 24 and Law and Order. Oh. (laughs) They also set up a back room and a back room to the back room and littered the place with security and hidden cameras. Right. Fearless also set up a Facebook page and emblazoned their logo everywhere. Well, I say their logo as, ironically, it was, in fact, the logo of the 2010 film The Expendables. <laughs> what? With a large fan of weapons fanning out from a skull. Oh, my God. <sighs> you want to say copyright infringement? Oh, my God. The business also made up business cards with the logo and just four words. Oh, please. Buy, sell, or trade. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) The local UPS driver, being a good fellow, approached the business about getting an account for deliveries, but was puzzled by their response. Okay. The UPS driver later told a reporter, they... They said they wouldn't be sending or getting anything. I thought that was odd because distributing is in their name. <laughs> Fearless distributing. I was wondering uh, what kind of business is that? Oh, dear. That business is going to shock you. Oh, okay. Was an undercover sting set up by the ATF. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So I, I genuinely thought this was the people they were going to sting. This is the ATF. Fucking hell. They're selling the urine and the bongs urine. and the counterfeit so <laughs> sneakers. They're just like, let's recreate barley. Mm. Yeah. And the box sets of 24 <laughs> and Law and Order. I just—I don't know why I keep getting stuck on that. This is why cops keep getting spotted at festivals. <laughs> hey, kids, do you know where I can get some cat? <laughs> hey, fellow teenagers. I need some jazz tobacco. <laughs> Have you got any for an old geezer with a bung hip? Oh, my God. I need something to scooch up my cooch. Am I right? <laughs> Fizzle, my fizzle. Uh, good morning, uh, teenagers. Uh, Senior Sergeant, I mean uh, Dave McCool here. Uh, I would like to uh, purchase some uh, illicit substances to uh, place in my anus. Because I've heard shelving is the thing to do. Can you sell me some ass-sized drugs, please? You can, you can tell by my incognito, I mean, <laughs> you know, totally sick threads. <laughs> That were not purchased by my mother. Yeah, this isn't a police badge either. That's a shelving spoon. <laughs> That's a, I, I call that my my knuckle star. <laughs> as as someone throws some water and his tattoo like washes off <laughs> to reveal I hate fun. <laughs> oh my god I once got frisked at a festival by a cop who was just like where are you hiding the fucking uh, vodka big fella and I'm like nowhere like yeah. like the two girls with me both had so much drugs on them yeah and he targeted me oh. fucking idiot 
Oh my god. I actually once I figured out the best trick was <laughs> whenever they'd open up the garden back in the days, yeah. whenever they had police inspection days, if you'd actually go and do a walk like back casually up the gate. So just when you come around the corner and see the cops, you would always find just like bags of weed and oh, shit. Because yeah. people would just fucking lose their shit and just be like, ah, pick that up, head home. Thank you very much. <laughs> see, now if you'd said where you got the, where you're hiding the vodka, mate, I'd go in my tummy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Technically, are you hiding it? Like, I mean, I had to put a tampon in anyway. If it just <laughs> happens to be soaked in vodka, it's for hygiene. Exactly. Hygiene. Yeah. Ah, oh, Lord. Ran out of Vagisil. I had to fucking, I had to fucking improvise. <laughs> uh, no, fearless distribution was an undercover sting set up by the ATF. That's fucked up. Well, now that Capone, you know, <laughs> what else are they going to do? Yeah, we're going to get creative. Oh, yeah. Now, 31 cities across the United States, including Milwaukee, have dedicated violent crime impact teams. Yeah. Bam. They were originally designed to target criminal hotspots or high crime areas and ensnare the worst of the worst criminals. Yeah. That's their own promo on their website. Of course it is, yeah. The program was established in 2004 and was quickly reported by the agency to be a, quote, enormous success. Claiming the $35 million spent on the initial programs helped to curb firearm-related homicides. That seems like a good deal. That seems like a good deal. You know, know, that's great. I mean, we could introduce some, like... You know, background checks and, you know, stuff maybe. But, you know, whatever. No, Um, no, front store where we sell urine. (laughs) (laughs) So, however, the US Department of Justice issued a report two years later finding no evidence of any impact by these programs. Okay. The figures from their statistics were skewered in their favour and in some areas... Operations were established in areas that were already seeing a falling number of crimes and victims due to other programs and initiatives, such as mental health programs. Oh, who'd have thunk it? In the neighbourhood and within a mile where fearless distribution set itself up, aggravated assaults had been declining each year since 2007. 2007 saw 193 assaults for the year. Yeah. In 2009, that was down to 109 assaults, so a 43% reduction. And that number was less and less each year, again, due to multiple community programs. Yeah. You know, so drug rehabilitation centres, early intervention programs with kids, you know, giving them stuff to do, keeping them off the streets. Yeah. You know, all great programs. But some guy in this fucking team has seen that survivorship bias diagram of the plane with the bullet holes. And yeah. He's gone, no, man, we're just not catching the, the other criminals. Oh, well, yeah. real criminals. That's where we got to go. <laughs> Later, the ATF would not comment on why they chose this area to set up their sting, other than it having a, quote, a property appropriate. (laughs) So the ATF wanted people to come in and sell them guns and drugs. What the fuck? That's the dumbest shit I've heard. And they would record it all on camera and arrest people after the sting was over. That's so fucking dumb. 
that's their that's their plan. So how do you find undercover drug cartel kingpins to ensnare them in your storefront snare? Well, number one, they've got disposable income and mm-hmm. lots of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you're going to want to sell them bootleg copies of Law and Order. Mm. Is what you want to get? Yep, mm. and mm. maybe a jar of piss. Well, if you're in the ET- in the ATF, yeah, you go to the local Walmart. What? And start handing out flyers in the car park. What? To promote your store. What? Walmart. 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 Drug kingpins all shop at Walmart. Who knew? Oh, look, I'm sure they do. Just ask the ATF. Everyone loves bulk popcorn and track pads. But <laughs> holy fuck. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. They handed out flyers at Walmart. In the car park. That's where Chauncey Wright approached the officers and asked if he could have a job handing out flyers. Cool. Chauncey, who lived with family members, had a hard time keeping jobs and would occasionally pick up work at the state fair. It wasn't his fault. Yeah. When he was an infant, he was left unattended in a bathtub for 10 minutes and drowned. Oh, no. It took several minutes to revive him. This left him with brain issues. Yeah. He had been evaluated as mentally disabled and had been put on disability social security as he was evaluated to have an IQ of 54. Oh, man. Which is half the national average in the US. Yeah, which that's is, severely disabled. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, the average in the US is 98. Yeah. Average in Australia is 99. Just saying. Pajam! I don't believe it. I reckon it's 70. Kiss 1%. You don't need to be here and understand the inflections when I say that we are a country of dumb cunts. No, it starts at 99 and oh, then no. the snake poison yeah. and the Bundaberg rum <laughs> and the domestic violence kits in yeah. and we just have the IQ points beaten out yeah. of us. It, by just, it gets down to about the number 70 and then it just gets replaced with literally signed copies of Summer Nats, Blowers, Burnouts and Boobs. And John Farnham's You're the Voice lyrics. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> How dumb are you, Sermonat Seven? Okay. <laughs> Tell me about yourself. Last myself to the snipers round case. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's some bogan. That is some bogan shit. That's some bogan shit. I love it, though. Oh, fuck yeah. That's why I can't hear today. I got smuggled into a Cold Chisel concert at a very inappropriately young age because I had dits. Um, and I still have ringing in my ears from that concert. You saw fucking Cold Chisel live. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, damn straight. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. uh, So yeah, poor Chauncey, IQ of 54. Chauncey's family said even if the police officers did not know at first, then it would not take long after talking to Chauncey that you would realise that he had a disability. Yeah. Um, as he would often talk to imaginary people that weren't there. Yeah. And would wander off. Yep. So, yeah, it wouldn't take long for them to quickly figure out that he had a disability. Let alone the six months that he was in their employ at the shop. Oh, my God. The undercover agents, ATF agents, yeah. sent Chauncey out on his bicycle. Oh, man. 
to ride around and distribute flyers and promote the business to his friends, which were almost non-existent. Because he's going to know kingpins. Family and strangers. Yeah. Chauncey, who was desperate for friends, did anything the undercover agents asked. Oh, man. From handing out flyers to stocking shelves. Chauncey worked for the agents from February to September. Almost nine months. It's a high-value asset. In return, the officers gave him merchandise from the store. What? Jar of piss. They didn't even fucking pay him? Cigarettes. The ATF giving out... Oh, my God. And $530 cash, which worked out to be $14 a week. You motherfuckers. You motherfuckers. And basically like, his family would say like he was so diverse. And like, again, as someone with those brain agents, you, you know, you have a, a, a real desire for, you know, acceptance. Yeah. Like you really just want a friend. And again, you know, he's like a 30-year-old man. He wants, yes. you know, that connection. He wants friends, you know, besides his grandma. And was just, if they were open, he was there and would do anything they told him Not to. Not to mention it's a police thing where they're trying to track... Drug King dealers. Pings. Like, he could get fucking shot. I mean, it's America. He could get fucking shot anyway. He get going to school. Like, he won't be going to school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Summon that. God, we're going to hell. Chauncey's family said that he was friendly and trusting and was so eager to make friends with the undercover agents, again, he would do anything they told him, thinking it was all for the best. His grandmother told a reporter, with him being slow, they knew that and they used him. Yeah. He was too slow to catch on to what was going on. He was saying, these are my good friends. These are my guys. They are looking out for me. Bless him, he has a heart of gold. Yeah, he's just fucking... Oh, man. uh, It's like Forrest Gump shows up to (sighs) Voldemort and Voldemort pays him with jars of piss. Yeah, except Voldemort was competent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wrong example. Yeah. Oh, my God. His grandmother explained whatever they told him to do, he would do to try and keep his job. Oh, man. Next, the undercover agents told Chauncey to bring in guns and drugs. What? Uh Oh, my God. That escalated. Oh, did it ever. He said that he didn't have any, but they kept asking. Oh. Chauncey's grandmother told reporters, I told him, you better be careful, but he would not listen to any caution regarding his friends, finger waggle, his grandmother says. He is a trusting person and loves to help people. Oh, man, come on. He was faithful to that store. Fuck. Now, this is the part that kills me. These cops are so incompetent, they're paying a mentally disabled dude Mm -hmm. to go, and trapping him 100%. Oh, yeah. To go and find guns and drugs. Yeah. They can't do that. Yeah. A dude with a 50 fucking summon IQ. 54, yeah. 54. 54. Is better at their job than they are. It's, it's, yeah. 
It's it like it's but I mean it's using a child. It's like using a kindergartner yeah. to bring in drugs and yeah. drugs cartels. Yeah. Bring the drug cartel, little Peppy, and I give you an ice cream sandwich. Yeah. <sighs> Chauncey brought in what he claimed was a small amount of cocaine. Yeah. And then later ecstasy, which he claimed he obtained from his cousin. And he brought it to the officers because the agents said they wanted to buy drugs. Yep. What they didn't tell him was they were going to prosecute those who brought the drugs to them and agents would charge people for these drug offences. The other thing the ATF would do is the agents would buy guns without questions from those who brought them into fearless distribution. Right. So you literally just walk in with a gun Put it on the table. They give you cash. Bam. Out you walk. Because that's the thing. Like in America, you can pawn your gun in places. Yeah. Well, no, this was to buy it. Yeah. Like you well, can do that. Yeah. So that seems like a good idea. You know what? Fuck it. We're going to get drug. We're going to get, you know, guns off the streets. This is a great thing. Yeah. Sounds like a great thing. The problem was the amount the agents were paying for the guns were so ridiculously high. <sighs> People began going to their local retailers such as Gander Mountain and Walmart and were buying guns brand new (laughs) to bring to Fearless where they were being paid up to three times the amount they had just paid for their guns. These these cops are the dumbest motherfuckers. So one gentleman was caught because he he literally just went to Gander Mountain, which is a store... Uh, like a few times would just buy a gun, take it in, sell it three times the amount. Yeah. And then was like, holy shit, like I'm making money. Yeah. Go back to the store, buy another gun, take it back. Literally. These dickheads run a jar of piss business. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. So it was literally a case of, you know, buy a gun for $800, sell it for $2,400. Yeah. I would do that. It's fucking, it's cryptocurrency, but it works. Yeah. Ah. The FBI, it turns out, was originally part of the undercover sting, but less than two months after it began, the FBI suddenly removed itself from the operation. Oh, they noped out after a fucking mentally disabled guy was used as a mule. Paid with a jar of piss. Who would have thought? Once they originally did not say why, it was later revealed after inquiries from Congress that the FBI had problems with the way the program was being run. I'm surprised the FBI didn't just rent the place across the road and call it even more fearless distribution <laughs> and try and get those guys to sell them guns. Oh. In September, an agent from the store decided to do a coffee run to a store not half a mile away at around 3pm. Whilst the agent was buying coffee and, uh, I mean, I mean, what donuts? Who said donuts? I, I said donuts. I didn't say donuts. There were donuts. Unknown persons broke into the agent's vehicle and stole three ATF guns from the boot. Oh, God. A Smith & Wesson 9mm handgun, a Sig Sayer 40 caliber pistol, and an M4223 caliber fully automatic assault rifle, which is the main rifle used by American soldiers and Marines, and depending on modifications, can fire from 700 to 950 rounds per minute. Decent weapon. 
The thieves also stole all the additional ammo for the weapons, as well as an ATF radio. (laughs) Unbelievably, the ATF actually got one of their handguns back the next day. When 19-year-old Marky Jones bought the six-hour handgun and and another unrelated gun into Fearless Distribution to sell them, and the Fearless bought the two guns for $1,400. But just remember, a full 900 rounds a minute assault rifle and a boot load of ammunition is still on the streets. So they, they essentially caught the one legitimate illegal arms sale. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to their own incompetence. And put two other guns back on the street. You might assume this is a fluke Hail Mary pass that would let the agents quickly act and find the other guns. Yeah. But it seems the ATF was more interested in keeping their operation a secret than by risking it by too aggressively pursuing the robbery. This is the sunk cost fallacy of all... Fucking trickle-down economics. It's unbelievable. Marquis would not be arrested and brought in for questioning for another two months. Oh, wow. No one was charged for the robbery of the vehicle and the hunt for the other stolen weapons continue. (laughs) So basically, they've just released something far worse than anything that they've bought so far. So far. And the criminal, like, straight away was just like, oh, I've got an ATF radio. Yeah. 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 Let's let's pass off the one gun that's saleable. Yeah. And we'll disappear with the rest. Yeah. Yeah. The following month in October, the undercover operation continued. Poor agents probably needed time to rest and recover. Probably. They don't have a fucking mentally handicapped guy to do their running around anymore. Which might explain why no one was at the shop this day when two men came in through the back gate. The ATF says threw a padlock and chain on the gate, but no one ever saw or reported finding a chain and padlock. (laughs) The men then, according to the police report, easily jimmied the back door open. There wasn't even a deadbolt on the door. Oh, my God. The robbers found a treasure trove of items and there was no alarm. I mean, there was an alarm, but it was connected to the phone lines. And when the ATF moved in, the landlord told the ATF he was disconnecting the phone line in his name so Fearless could connect the phone in their name and reactivate the alarm. But the ATF never connected the phone line, so there was no alarm. (laughs) Did they at least have like a stack of beer cans that made a loud noise when the door opened? Nope. Okay. There was too much for the robbers to carry, so the robbers left, but not before wedging the back door open with a shoe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. That high-tech criminal burglar. Take that, you flat foot. (laughs) The following day, the store was still unattended. So the robbers returned with a rented U-Haul van. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Actually had time. Go drive to the U-Haul, fill out the paperwork, put the deposit down, bring the truck back. (laughs) And they 
cleared the place out. Oh, my God. Taking all the jewellery, clothing, auto parts, sneakers, purses, and everything else laying around with a value totaling over $40,000. Oh, Jesus. And... It was suspected drugs and possibly a shotgun which the undercovers had at agents had purchased before shutting the shop down for five days. I bet they came in, saw a shoe in the back door, and just walked in, and all they saw was a box set of Law and <laughs> Order <laughs> Twenty Four. It's like, ah, oh, shit! And even the jars are pissed. It wasn't them who found out. Oh no. A local neighbour actually saw the U-Haul truck and the suspicious behaviour and called the local police. Who didn't come out. Oh. So the neighbour actually had to go into a police station to report the activities that were occurring. And the local police finally came out to investigate. Right. The next day. Oh my God. The store had been empty of agents for a week. The local police contacted the ATF to let them know that they had been robbed. (laughs) Not surprisingly after this, the ATF decided to wind up the fearless operation. Oh, fearless. And swooped to arrest the high-caliber villains that the undercover sting had captured. Da-da-da! We're talking Mexican, happy, chappy type billionaire cartels, I'm sure, with chainsaws for arms and. <laughs> gonna be nothing but high caliber criminals. Yeah. Totally. Totally. The drug lords that they managed to ensnare were arrested for amounts of. <coughs> Some of the some of the drugs that were brought in. Okay. Hua, are you ready? Oh yeah. You, you're gonna be like, oh my god, I feel safer. This is all off the streets. Yeah. A gram of cocaine. One gram. <laughs> One gram. An ounce of marijuana. A fucking ounce. That's a sandwich bag. An ounce of cocaine. That's a bit. Seven. Grams of heroin. One charge would also be brought against a person who sold fake drugs to the agents. Oh, come on. Wasn't even real. Not Chauncey. These were simply passed to state court. Those who were arrested for selling Firearms, including those who had simply brought them to resell, yeah, literally straight from like the Walmart, were sent to federal court. What? Whilst the police were rounding up, they rounded up four people. They rounded up four people who it was proved. The ATF arrested the wrong people, even though they had their own video footage of the crimes, and you could see in the footage these were different people. One of these people, the ATF claimed, had sold them six grams of marijuana on March the 7th. This is very important. Six grams of marijuana on March the 7th. Right. However... Okay. The accused man entered prison six days earlier on the 1st of March and was still in custody when the ATF went looking to arrest him. 
with a spokesperson for the Federal Bureau of Prisons stating, He was in our custody. He never left. Prosecutors dropped all charges against him. Funny that. And the other three people wrongly identified, arrested and charged. Holy shit. Four mistaken identities. This is unbelievable. And they had video footage. Still the wrong people. In the end, 34 cases were filed for prosecution. Six of those, or 18%, were immediately dropped by prosecutors. (laughs) Most of those charged by August of 2013 had no violent history. Right. A third, or 17 defendants, received no jail time and instead were put on probation or received a deferred sentence uh-huh. because it's an ounce of marijuana. Yeah. You have. <sighs> one of the 17 received 10 years in prison and one received eight years, but that was because they already had an established criminal record. Right. And they had brought in the guns. Okay. In total, the ATF claims they took 145 guns off the streets, not including the ones they lost. Mm -hmm. However, the ATF would not reveal of those 145 guns how many had simply been purchased and then sold straight away to the ATF agents. (laughs) So it, it could have been 145 guns off the street. It could have been 145 guns off the shelves. Yes. <laughs> now, let's just put that into perspective mm-hmm. uh, because America, uh-huh. 120.5 million guns in civilian ownership. Less 145. Well done. Woo! So they say every time you pick up five cents, you're five cents closer to being a billionaire. <laughs> Prosecutors then dropped charges against another three people, claiming that by by proceeding, they would put their informants' lives at risk by identifying them, even though defence lawyers had not made a motion to reveal the identity of any sources. (laughs) What the Mm. fuck is going on? Gets better. The ATF quickly cleared out of the building after the robbery. Well, luckily the robbers did all the fucking work. (laughs) I know what's left. (laughs) However, they didn't take everything. Oh, no. Landlord Salkin said he was shocked when he re-entered the building, finding considerable damage to the building from the agents, including holes in walls, broken doors. What? And a clogged toilet, which are then overflowed, causing water damage. Oh, my God. Those donuts do not shift. (laughs) This coupled with unpaid utility bills and unpaid rent for the remainder of the lease, which they had signed. Yeah. Salkin claimed he was owed up to $40,000 by the ATF. Holy shit. The other thing. Oh, no. The agents left the landlord was a sensitive classified document that had the names, vehicles and phone numbers of the ATF undercover agents in the area. Oh, my God. Shazam! They are the dumbest fucks in the world. 
as well as a marijuana plant the agents had been growing, apparently as a (coughs) prop. (laughs) When the landlord approached the ATF via their regional headquarters, re the outstanding debt, his claim was denied. Oh, really? Because obviously after the robbery and then the police investigation, all through all of this, this is how we found out that it was actually an ATF sting. Yeah. So the landlord tried again and was denied again. Okay. He was denied via this threat. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sorry, email from the ATF. So he had sent them saying, uh, here's all these bills, you, yeah. know, every, you know, you owe me money. So he received this email. Subject, re-keys, second request. Okay. <coughs> Mr. Sulkin, you were informed that no further contact was to be made with the above-referred agency. If you have a claim against the government, you must make a claim in the appropriate format. If you continue to contact the agents after being so advised, your contact may be Sorry, your contact may be constructed as harassment under the law, see? Threats or harassment of a federal agent is of grave concern. Utilizing the telephone or a computer to perpetrate threats or harassments is also a serious matter, see? If, as you indicate, you have government documents in your possession. So he's told them he has a list with all of the details to identify all of the undercover ATF agents, this will literally get people killed. Yes. He literally has this. Wouldn't you be straight in a car? Vroom, there. Yeah. Don't leave the building. We are coming straight to you. Yeah. By the way, every agent out of the field. Yeah. Everyone's pulled out. This is completely compromised. Yes. Yep. If, as you indicate, you have government documents in your possession, that is also a serious matter, see? It should be understood by you that any dissemination of these documents by you may have serious repercussions. All government documents should be immediately be returned by first-class mail. Stick them in the post. To me at the following address. Address supplied. Her name, Division Council, St. Paul Field Division. ATF. Wow. So if you ask for money for the damage we caused or the remainder of the lease, that will be seen as you threatening the government and you will be prosecuted. And can you put the highly, the death list? Yeah. It's going to get all these people and their families murdered. Let's pop it in the post. They are the single dumbest bunch of motherfuckers. They are sub-summonats. But as more and more (laughs) publicity was drawn to the operation, not the least of which came after a federal prosecutor publicly called the operation into question. Yeah. Basically saying this was not the best use of their resources. Things started to change. Oh. The Justice Department's Inspector General began an investigation of the operation and the ATF began its own internal investigation of the operation. And six members of Congress wrote to the ATF demanding answers in regard to the operation. Miraculously. Oh, here we go. Yep. The ATF decided to come to an arrangement with the landlord Salkin. 
And he was paid an undisclosed amount, which was believed to be around $15,000. Oh, what? Salkin then sold the building and retired from landlording. Yeah, not surprised. He did it once. That was enough. Yeah. <laughs> and if you've got to do something for me to feel bad for a landlord in any scenario. <laughs> Who knew you'd be like, I should have gone with the church. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been a shit tenant once or twice. I've never left a block toilet in a list that will get government agents killed. Yeah, that's all you ask, really. Yeah. If you're if you're a tenant, that's the least you can do. I smoked inside. That was it. <laughs> Meanwhile, oh, what's happening to Chauncey? Oh no, Chauncey Wright spent the next six months in jail. What? Staring down the barrel. Of a five-year sentence in prison. Holy fuck. Assistant US Attorney William Lipscomb wrote in his sentencing memorandum claiming that Chauncey's mental condition was never apparent to the ADF agents during their, albeit numerous, interactions. They claimed they had no idea that he had any disability whatsoever, but even if he did, it wasn't a free pass to commit crime. Wow. Meanwhile, Chauncey's lawyer had to read all of the documents to Chauncey who could not read or understand the charges against him. Oh, man. Thankfully, common decency prevailed and Chauncey was released from prison. He was sentenced to wear an electronic bracelet whilst living in home detention with his grandmother. Chauncey was assigned a, uh, a guardian and was connected with social security services to assist him. U.S. District Judge J.P. Stadmuller, who heard Wright's case, yeah. said, quote, If there's one shining light in the ATF's undercover operation, it's you getting the medical treatment and attention that has been so neglected in your life. Aww. Chauncey later told a reporter he needed a cigarette to calm his nerves. It should be noted, Chauncey never smoked in his life before he met the ATF agents and they started paying him in cigarettes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's just... Just when you think... Just, it can't be shittier. These people are just radioactive. In 2015, you might be surprised to know, US Senator Jim Sensenbrenner put forth a bill to dissolve the ATF and move its powers to the FBI and other agencies. <laughs> the NRA publicly stated it supported the ATF. The bill was not successful and the ATF continues today. Well, of, course they hate, of course the NRA loved it. <laughs> Their sales went up after people started selling their guns. <laughs> People were rushing into Walmart. <laughs> I want all the guns. Wow. Uh-huh. The ATF has more than 4,700 employees and a budget. What do you think their budget is? Oh, it's billions. Billions. It's over a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. These important stings. Keep these seven grams of marijuana off the streets while getting mentally disabled folks addicted to nicotine. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Losing your guns at a donut shop. Oh, you know what? That's so weird, which brings me to my next point. Okay. 
A, the assault rifle was not recovered. No. However, it's a little bit, a little bit of trivia for you in case this up comes up down the pub. Yeah. Between 2002 and 2007, 76 ATF weapons, from small to large, were reported as stolen, lost or missing by ATF agents, which per 1,000 agents is more than double the amount lost by the DEA and FBI. Between 2009 and and 2013, 49 guns of different descriptions were reported as lost or stolen by the ATF agents. What the fuck? Agents have lost their guns by <coughs> some of the examples by stashing them under front seats or in glove compartments of cars and then the guns have disappeared. <laughs> Sold them to fearless distribution. <laughs> <laughs> or in some so these were the ones that were recorded. Yeah. I have to assume there are some that have not been recorded. Okay. Possibly. These are the ones recorded. Yep. In some cases, the weapon has been placed on top of the vehicle and then the agent has driven away with the weapon still on their roof and it has fallen off somewhere on their journey. Fuck off. I just imagine a donut (coughs) shop just littered (laughs) with ATF guns. Put the donuts in the car. We're going to go fight crime. (laughs) Clink. Well, somewhere on that list that you're just going to go through is something dumber, something dumber. There's got to be something dumber. Oh, agent gave his gun to a nearby orangutan to see if it looked like the monkey from that Clint Eastwood film. Ah, do you want to know some of the other ways? Please. Because that on top of your roof is not the dumbest. Oh, no. Other ways include agents who have forgotten their weapon in a bathroom stall. Oh, God. Wow. It's, I, no, I want you to stop and think about that. So they've taken it off to take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> just dunk. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm just... Mm-hmm. Just, mm. Surely, surely, mm. like, I don't know, use the glory hole like a holster, just <laughs> boom, boom, <laughs> just hold it in there. But, like, it's one of those things, like, I have my phone, I have my wallet, I can feel the pressure in my pants. Yeah. How do you not feel that... Ooh, I feel like there's something missing off my hip. Where's the thing that might save my life? Yeah. <laughs> oh, here it is. My donuts. What do you do? Like, I, we've all found something shocking in a toilet, but I've never, like, just, like, turned the door and just found, like, a gun holster on just... Okay. Yeah. What do you do with that? Yeah. I'm not touching a toilet gun. Who knows what's happening there's some weird kind of sex play the kids yeah. are up to these days. Oh. Okay, so someone's forgot their weapon in a bathroom stall. Don't touch the toilet gun, son. <laughs> I still do that with my kid now. Don't touch anything. Yeah, yeah. I will get the door. I know how to wash my hands properly. You just yeah. in and out. Touch nothing. Yeah. yeah. Also, weapons have been left at a hospital. Hopefully in the children's ward. Well, where else would you leave yeah. your gun? Well, Grandpa, I'm just going to leave this here. It's just like that Seinfeld episode where like, the fucking junior mint goes into the guy, just stick it into an open wound. Hold that. I'm trying to roll a cigarette. 
Okay, so some have been left at a hospital. They've also been left outside a cinema. <laughs> well, just, well, oh my God. Like, we're just really keen to see Die Hard 4 <laughs> pressing through the crowd. Oh my God. As you come out, I've seen this really great movie called The Expendables, and we could totally use their logo for like Operation Fearless. Oh I'm going to draw it now. Yeah. We're going to get so many guns off the street. Oh my God. Oh, I've lost my gun. Again. My, well, you will get it back, man. It's yeah, full, it's foolproof. <laughs> so yeah, pretty much in these two periods, they've lost more guns than they've taken off the streets. Okay, other ways, um, weapons have been left by accident on planes. On planes? Planes. I'm guessing in the bathroom stall on the plane. <laughs> but like, like when you get off the plane, like I always like triple check to make sure I've got my earphones yeah. in that little pocket. Let alone my like. Your fucking gun. Like Glock. Like. Wow. How do you, like, people could, like, I know that, like, hostess complain if you leave, like, your empty packet of peanuts in there. If they're like, oh, fucking ATF. It's another fucking Glock. Why won't this fucking tray table go back up? <laughs> clunk, clunk, clunk. Oh, my God. You know what? I guarantee they couldn't pick up their gun because they were too busy fucking clapping when it landed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, okay, so and they've been left on planes. In December of 2009, in Iowa, yep. two six-year-olds went and told their parents that they'd found a loaded gun. Jesus. Chow, chow, into the sky. Chow, chow, woo. Turned out to be the loaded ATF-issued Smith & Wesson .357 that had been issued to an ATF agent who lived nearby. The ATF agent, who hadn't been able to find his gun for a few days, never reported it, thinking it would just show up, but only came forward after it hit the front of the newspapers. Oh, I thought it would be in the washing, maybe. <laughs> check oh, my jeans. Just check behind the couch, man. Oh, it's just all, it's all like my pillows and pens. Ah, uh, the thing is, I'm assuming. So he was out working on those five. Did he just like have a banana in there to give that look so people wouldn't suspect? Like, how do you? You're an agent. How do you? I don't know. How? How? It, it, like that's one of the jobs where you're, and in America, where you're like, oh, you know what? I should take my gun. Yeah. Hey like, Jerry, where's your gun? Oh, I got the new one. It's the uh, invisible gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like Crystal Pepsi. Gun. It's like Crystal Pepsi, but it's an invisible gun. Yeah. Pew, pew. I can open carry anywhere now, even in New York with all those commies. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, it's so really cool. Like, listen to it. Pew, 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 pew. Is that your lips, Mew? I'm just excited. Pew, pew, pew. Look, it's going to silence it. <laughs> I just did finger trigger. Oh, my God. Technology is amazing, Jerry. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. How do you know? Oh, anyway, it'll show up. Yeah. I put it somewhere. Probably in the wife's truck. Oh. oh. So he came forward. It hit the newspapers. In 2011. Yeah. In Los Angeles, an agent went out drinking with friends. He claims 
He only had four beverages. Of course he did. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's like that RBT show where they just pull over the people and like give them the drink driving test. Yeah. Because they always ask, how many have you had? As soon as someone says, oh, just two, you know they've had 30 and they're going to fail the test. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So, I only had four beverages. Yeah. But when he woke up in the morning, his ATF-issued Glock was missing and he had no idea where it went and it was never found. Oh, my God. God. He left that in some poor woman. Yeah, yeah, he did. Some stripper. Like, the other thing is, who takes their Glock out for a night drinking on the town? Rock out with your Glock out. <laughs> merch! There's our next bit of merch. Oh, my Lord. So, yeah, it. Uh, he had no idea where it went or in who it went. He was so trying to get pussy. You know that oh, was pussy yeah. related. Oh, yeah. Look, you got a fucking gun. It's like, it's America, dude. You're not impressing anyone. Yeah. Fucking children have guns. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was going to say, there is a dead stripper with, with like, a <laughs> glock just buried with her in a shallow grave in Nevada somewhere. Oh, is that Phil Spector? Hello. Hi, <laughs> man. I didn't see you. You didn't see me. Oh, my Lord. I'm Anticando, agent. <laughs> Would you like a jar of piss? <laughs> so the gun was never found. Oh, Christ. The Inspector General would later find in a report that the majority of losses and finger waggle thefts. Yeah. Thefts is just like, oh, I don't know where it went. Someone totally stole it. Uh-huh. Were a result of carelessness or failure to follow ATF gun policy no one agent lost her glock whilst moving (laughs) (laughs) i blame the removalist i they're like oh my god i'm gonna use removalist twice and the first time i had a box tell me they didn't steal the box with my crocs in it yeah yeah, they took him home to sniff him. Yeah, there's there's some dirty bastard sniffing my Crocs, firing this bitch's Glock in the air. <laughs> pew, pew, pew! Oh, <laughs> really not happy. Uh, but look, I actually I want to give a shout out to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel who actually researched so many articles on Operation Fearless. Yep. Um, if you ever want to go and read in more depth about some of the shining activities um, of Operation Fearless. Please go ahead and do that. Thank you very much for the research. Yeah. So how do you feel? Do you feel safer knowing that the ATF is out there with their billion dollars? Um, I feel safer knowing there are two gigantic oceans between us (laughs) and the ATF. I'm so glad the Pacific Ocean exists. Because fuck me, they are incompetent. Uh-huh. Um, Can you imagine the scandal in Australia if, yeah. if one cop yeah. lost a gun? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like if, if a fucking police officer lost a gun in this country, yeah. there'd be a royal commission. Yeah. Um, there are some others. It, you know, it depends. Let us know if you'd like to know more about operation failures. Uh, <laughs> let us know at realmothmen at gmail.com. You know, just for something different. Um, there is one undercover operation where they thought the best way to get drugs and guns out of the hands of Mexican cartels was to arm a Mexican cartel. Oh, that's standard operating procedure for America. Like, look at the Contras. You know? 
And there is another undercover operation where they busted another undercover operation, which was busting their undercover (laughs) operation and had a shootout. Oh, that's the Spider-Man meme. It's so good. (laughs) So if you'd like to know more about these, you know, uh, let us know. uh, Realmothman at gmail.com. Just for something different, a bit of shits and gigs, something a bit light. You know, in between the blimp disappearances and the homicidal murder. Yeah. Just a bit of gun loss. <laughs> I've, I, look, I spend a lot of time on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And recently I've been watching a lot of American fatal police shooting videos. I don't know how I came is, across them. Is this a cry for help? Is no. It, is that illegal? It's, it's morbid curiosity. No, are these, you, these things are just on there. They're being a whole, radicalized? There are whole channels dedicated to uploading like basically police shootouts. It's all body cam. Uh-huh. Right. So many of them yeah. are straight up murders. <gasps> the police just fucking murdering people. And it's daily. Allegedly. Allegedly. Like I saw one the other day where like this guy turns up and he just fucking JFK's a guy. What was that? The, the, uh, the police showed up at the wrong door and shot a man who answered his yeah. front door. But it's like the things like in Australia, like the same things happen in Australia. Mm. Like people get knives and they threaten the police. We don't fucking set dogs on them and then use machine guns on them. Well... Like, it's that one time. so fucking rare mm. for the police to shoot and kill someone in Australia that it becomes national news for days. Yeah. It happened just up the road from my hometown the other day and it was in the news for fucking weeks. Oh, yeah, then we got all the investigations. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, and look, those cops nearly lost their lives because the guy stabbed the fuck out of them. Yeah. So completely justified shooting Yeah, because we, we have all the tasers and it's all yeah. like, yeah, taser, tear gas, like, use everything. It's yeah. so rare that the cops are shooting. So fucking rare. And our police have guns. They have handguns. They're the only people that do have guns, really. Yeah. And we're fucking fine. Yeah. We're fine. Like, this is the thing. When you know someone who's into guns in Australia, Mm. do you find them a bit fucking weird? Yeah, you know them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you're just like, I'm going to avoid that guy because he likes guns and that's fucking weird. Yeah. Because, like, I, like... I like guns. They're great fun. I, I, yeah, I enjoy shooting guns, yeah. but I know what you're talking about. There are those people, yeah. And here it's, yeah, it's more like, eh, we'll go do a bit of shooting or out on the property. But yeah, when you get yeah. people who are like, yeah, I like guns, yeah. you're just like, yeah, nah. Nah, fuck no. He's got a basement, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And your friend is just like, oh, I'm thinking about asking him out. Like, no, no, you're not. No. Yeah, no. Now he's got a sticker on his car that says "Protected by Remington." You're not fucking no. Yeah, we'll end up doing a podcast about yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I oh, know it's fucking bizarre. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. I oh, know it's it's uh, it's crazy. So uh, Operation Fearless, um, not such a success. No. <laughs> um, but you know what? A, a salute out there to everyone you know who is is trying to make the world a better place putting their lives on the line um, and not using uh, the disabled or children for your cause. Thank you very much for not being a dick about it. Yeah. Uh, Are we going to do an investigation into the NDIS? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, don't even. Don't even. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so just, uh, you know, keep an eye out. Uh, Don't call the press because that may not be a Mothman flittering above your car that could just be a discharging 
ATF uh, weapon. Uh, but I prefer Mothman because real Mothman need the carpet. Uh, and there's no no in necrophilia. <laughs> Although the ATF will frame you. Yes. Even though you're already in prison. Yes. And you didn't do it. <laughs> and in another state. Yeah. That's not the point. But they'll still leave their fucking list. <laughs> which they were probably using for toilet paper. It wasn't shooting practice. No one had any guns. <laughs>